Praise the Lord. Shall you please be on our feet as we worship God, the maker of heaven and heart. I want you just to look inwardly and see how good God has been to you. And just begin to appreciate him, tell him, Lord, you are good to me. I don't know how he has been good to you. Just go ahead and say, Lord, you have been good to me. Worship God in your own way. Just say something good unto him. Bless his holy name, magnify him. It's worthy to be praised. Our God is a faithful God. Lord, we worship you. We exhort you. What a mighty God you are. What a wonderful God you are. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We exhort your name. We magnify you. We worship you. You are lovely. You are dependable. You are reliable. You are trustworthy. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah to your name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are me. We worship you. You are our God. You alone are worthy. Worthy to be praised. We give you all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory. We worship you, our God. You alone are worthy. You worthy to be praised. We give you all the glory. We give you. You are worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised. We give you all the glory, Lord. We want. You alone are worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Alpha and Omega, we worship you. We bless your name. You are indeed the half and the omega. Without you, we are nothing. But with you, we are everything. At your word, everything exists. And when you say stop, Everything stop. We give you praise. Holy Spirit, we depend on you. Teach us your word this morning. Give everyone here present the word that they need to be what you want them to be and to make it to heaven in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. 
You can please have a seat. Please open your Bible with me to Matthew 24, 35 to 44. The message that God has put in my heart to share with us this morning, I strongly believe it's for someone here and even for every one of us. The last time I had opportunity to preach here on Friday, I believe it was two or three months ago. And the Lord gave me this message from then. But I never knew what God was planning, why He made the message to be today. Within this week, I lost one of my cousins. A very young girl, pregnant, because of pregnancy, died. And the baby died. And we prayed for two people this morning. We prayed for their family that have gone to be with the Lord. And that was sent all this week, making to know why he has put this message in my heart. Believe me, I don't know who is next. But the truth is, God is interested in making sure that we don't go to hell. The highest you spend in this world is 120 years. A baby born today, we pray for him to stay to 120 years, which is even a waste. After 90, you don't have teeth again. What is the essence of staying in this world? But many of us are living our life as if we are going to stay here for the next 1,000 years. But the truth is, your time can be any time. So I want you to see this message that God, you have given me another chance to prepare me for your coming. The title of this song is, Jesus is Coming. Are you prepared? The title of the message is what? Jesus is coming. Are you prepared? I want to say that to yourself. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Am I prepared? You ask yourself that question. As we read this passage. Matthew 24, 35 to 44. Everyone and I shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. This is Jesus speaking. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse 40. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. 
two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore. For ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Verse 44. Therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as he think not, when you don't expect him, the Son of Man cometh. There are four, ta- four categories of people here in this church right now. And every assembly you see them. And this message is for everyone. Number one, those that are not sure or they are doubtful about the coming of the Lord. These people, I put them on 0% readiness for God. Number two, those that somehow they know that Jesus is coming back, but they are not concerned. They are indifferent to it. They are not serious about it. They are not making any concrete preparation for him. They are living their life as if they are going to be here for the next 1,000 years. They are living their life as if when death comes, nothing happens. <laughs> And I give those people, you score less than 40% in your preparation for Jesus coming. And of course, you know the past mark, you're going to know it now. If you go to 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 7, you see these two categories of people, what the Bible says about them. 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 7. It said, This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Do you see that? They love themselves. Convertious, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, eddy, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Then number five, verse five, say, having a form of godliness. You see that they know that Jesus is coming. But what? But deny the power thereof from such. Turn away. They are aware it's coming, but they are not prepared. For of this sort are they which crept into the house. They are in the church. Don't think everybody in the church is going to heaven. No. So they creep into the house and lead captive silly women. Laden with sin, led away with divers lost. Verse 7. So ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They are hearing the message. They know the truth that Jesus is coming, but they are not prepared. They hear it over and over, but their life does not show any level of preparation for him. 
are you in that, those two categories? And the last two categories of people that are here that God is talking to today, they are conscious of Christ's second coming, but they are not fully prepared. And I weep for this category of people more. They are afraid when they remember his coming. In fact, they are afraid of death more than the unbelievers. They are lukewarm in their preparation. They are fluctuating. Today they are up, tomorrow they are down. And when I put a score of what is this category of people, I put them between 50% and 99.9%. When you are not fully prepared, you score what? 50 to 99.9%. And the example of that you see in Matthew 25, the Bible called them foolish virgins. Note it, they are born again, they are virgins, but what? They are foolish. They are not fully prepared. They are born again, virgins. Virgin means they are born again, they are expecting Jesus Christ, but they are not fully ready. And the second category in that is conscious of Christ's second coming, and they are fully prepared. What a wonderful group to be. And those ones call 100%. And brethren, these are the people Jesus is coming for. In Ephesians 5.27, the Bible said that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not every spot, 100% readiness, no spot, or wrinkle, or any sort of thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. That is the category Jesus is coming for. Which group are you this morning? For as long as you are alive, it is not over until it is over. I'm going to be speaking, skipping some things, but I believe the one the Holy Spirit have us to hear this video here. There are heroes in our generation. And mind you, the Bible says it. That in the last days, there will be false prophets. There will be people that will tell you Jesus Christ is no longer coming again. And one of the first errors that they teach, let me read it from here, is once you are saved, you are eternally saved. The moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, even if you Live your life anyhow, committing sin. Your heaven is saved. Zero. And that's I'm going to go to three categories of salvation. So that you are not deceived that, oh, I've given my life to Jesus, I'm going to heaven. No, no, and no. In Romans 10, 9 to 10, we see that it said, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. This is what we call instant salvation. When you surrender your life unto Jesus, what do you have? Instant salvation. You are saved. 
And the second category, and I call that the beginning of the journey to heaven. Instant salvation is what? The beginning of the journey to heaven. That is the half of your journey to heaven. And the second category of salvation is progressive salvation. You see that in Philippians 2.12. Philippians 2.12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always believed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out conscious effort, sanctification, consecration. Every day you are working your salvation out. How? Work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. With reverence and awe, With the fear that God tomorrow might be the next day I'm going to die. Am I fully prepared? Am I doing what he has called me to do? Am I making sure the whole world is one for Jesus? Or am I busy amassing wealth that one day I will leave? You came empty. You are going empty. You came naked. And how will you go? Naked. Let them put the old cloth in this world in the coffin. How will you go? Naked. You aren't going to heaven with anything. But we are busy amassing everything. We are busy looking at vision 50-50. Vision 3,000. But we have lost the consciousness of the immediate seconds. That death can come and rapture can come. We are more passionate about 2050 than 2013, the next second. That you can be called home and it is done. And the last group, the last salvation is called ultimate salvation. The first one, instant salvation. Second one, progressive salvation. Which every believer has to go through. And the last one, ultimate salvation. Which is the real and final salvation that guarantees you will make heaven. Look at it in Matthew 24, 13. It says, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. He that will endure till the end, like Jesus endured till the end. You see in Hebrews 12, 2, say, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and despised the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You must endure till the end. That you are saved is not a guarantee that you will make heaven. Jesus is coming for only those that will endure to the end. You have no excuse. Because Jesus showed us the example. In Hebrews 4, 15, say for, we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all point tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus went through the temptation you and I are going through, and yet without sin. 
And that is the guarantee why he was able to make it to heaven. I pray the grace to endure to the hand. The Lord will give unto us in the name of Jesus. But you have to cooperate with heaven. You must cooperate with heaven. Let me give us some of the errors that are in the world today about the second coming of Jesus Christ. I will see some reality that is coming in the scriptures. I will go to that quickly before we go to how to get prepared. Error number one, Jesus is not coming again. He has come a long time ago. Some said he came during World War I. Some said World War II. Some said he has already come. Some said there is no heaven, there is no hell. That God cannot be that wicked to create hell. How will God with that wicked to create hell? I'm telling you the errors that the false teachers are teaching and making Christians even to be deceived. Say so we are going to inherit the hurt. That's one of the errors. That what? We are going to inherit where? The earth. Some of you said Jesus will come at a specific time. We all know that. Many people have said he will come for some time, but never came. Many even killed their, their members in the course of saying they are going to wait until he comes at a particular time. There are many other errors. Well, let's go to the scriptures and see what Jesus has to say. Now, when you read Matthew 24, 24, say, for there shall arise false Christ. So don't be, don't be deceived. Many of you, you are so passionate about TV, TV pastors. You go to TBA, you go to this, go to that. I'm not saying they are not good pastors on TV, but you need to watch it. There are people teaching error on the TV. Matthew 24, 24 says, For there shall arise false who? Christ. And false prophet. And shall shew great signs and wonders. So don't be deceived. They are going to make the lame to walk. They will make the blind to see. They will even raise the dead. Don't be surprised. But they are what? False teachers. And what would they do? In so much that if it were possible... They shall deceive the very elect. Jesus himself promised that he will come back the second time. We have read it in that Matthew 24, 42 and 44 you see there. In John 41 to 3, one of the very, very, very encouraging verses in the scripture is this. John 41 to 3. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. Jesus would not tell lies for any reason. So if it is not true, I will not open my mouth to tell you. I'm going there to prepare mansions, not duplex, not villas for you. But what? Mansions. So I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare this for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Where I am, there you may be also. Aren't we supposed to be excited 
about preparing for that wonderful presence with Jesus. And not be blinded by the little, little riches we are having in this world. The Christians are ready to sell their body because of job. The Christians are ready to compromise their faith because they don't want to be sent out of a man. The plane that you are going to ride that can fall and scatter and you're dead. And you're saying, no, 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 no. I will just do it and I will repent later. That you can leave anywhere, you can drive the car, death comes and you're gone. Why do we live our life as if this world is more important than where we are going? Say, so what shall you profit a man if you lose your soul? If you, are, you get this whole world, but you lose your soul. 120 years you spend in this world, but in eternity, eternity is eternity. Which one is more important? Brethren, we are closer to that hour than when it was the promise was given. Whether you like it or not. The world is busy thinking about timely future, but they fail to think about the timeless future. The world is conscious of the timely future. Vision 3000. Vision 2050. Including Christian. But we are not conscious about the timeless future. Which is more closer? The timeless future. Whether you like it or not, death can come anytime. We're going to get there. And if you are a child of God, you are still afraid of death, you are not prepared for Jesus. That is the truth. Because the quickest way to go to heaven, where we said is the sweet place, is what? To die. If you are not dead, where will you be in this wretched world? In this world of turmoil, world of troubles. When you get there, it's eternity of rest. So aren't we supposed to be excited that if death comes, here I go. But we Christians, we are even more afraid than unbelievers. You know, there are some unbelievers say, kill me, that's nothing. Because they lack understanding where they will land after the death. But we believers that we know, we are even not excited that Jesus, as I'm walking, if it is time, take me, because I want to be with you. It's better for me to leave this earth. If my job is done, take me home. And be able to confidently say like Paul said, for me to live is what? Christ. And to die is what? Gain. I'm not saying you should not have plans for the future. I mean, I'll say, oh, what will be the destiny of our children? I've planned for 120 years. It's good. If I plan for your children, the Bible says, he that does not live inheritance for his children is not a believer, right? I'm not saying you should not plan. But where is God in that your plan? Where is eternity in that your plan? You read Luke 12, 16 to 21. It's the story of a man. He has everything. He has a bountiful harvest. And he said, oh, my soul will now rejoice. I will relax because I'm rich. He saw nothing about God, that it was God that provided that increase that year. And you know what he did? 
He rested. He said, oh, I will not rest and relax and be eating. I will not go to work again. I will retire. And God said, you are a foolish man. Tonight you are dead. And I will see who will, who will eat those riches. And the Bible says, he died. That is the way a man is. Whether the devil likes it or not, whether the world is prepared or not, Jesus is coming back. And do you know the devil knows this truth but there are many of us. Read Revelation 12, 12. Say, therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he had but a short time. The devil is more conscious of the second coming of Christ than many believers. Another thing you need to know to encourage yourself that heaven is real. If you read Luke 16, 19 to 31, you see the story. This is not a parable. Don't miss it. Jesus mentioned name. He said, Lazarus, Abraham, Moses. Jesus said, Lazarus died. The rich man died. Immediately what happened? Lazarus was where? In heaven. And where is the rich man? Hell. Don't miss it. It's not a parable. Jesus mentioned names. So don't think, oh, it's a parable. No! Because that's one of the deceits of the devil. That there is no hell, there is no heaven. Immediately, <laughs> immediately, Lazarus died, find himself in heaven, and know that Lazarus did not go to heaven because he was poor. He went to heaven because he knows Jesus. So I'm not saying you should not get riches. I'm not saying you should not be rich, you should not have, be flying in flight. I'm a private jet. I'm a, I'm a believer of that. That you should be rich. But what does your riches, what is Jesus? Where is eternity in your riches? That's what we are saying here. Another truth, when Jesus is, when is he coming back? We all know that. We have read it. Nobody knows the time except who? God. You see that in Matthew 24, 36. And when is he coming? When he is least expected. When we are relaxed. When we think, oh, I have arrived. Everything is, is working for me. So that is when he will come. He said, he will come like a thief in the night. If you know a thief will come to your house, will you not go to hire police, hire everybody and come and say they will block the house? But you don't know. The truth is, he may even come before the end of this message. That is the truth. Jesus may come when? Before the end of this message. Are you prepared? He will come. How will he come and what will happen? Let me go through that very quickly. We'll spend some time there before we go for the preparation. Two events that must happen, whether you like it or not in the life of a man, signifies the coming of the Lord. Number one, rapture. Number two, death. Whether you like it or not, whether you do anything, you don't do anything, you are going to die. And if you are still in the world, rapture will happen, and you are going to be part of it. So, it's not a matter of, oh, I will not prepare for it. If you fail to prepare for heaven, where have you prepared for? Hell. <laughs> you cannot be on the fence. 
If you fail to prepare for heaven, you are successfully prepared for where? For hell. Rapture. Some say there's no word rapture in the Bible. It's just a word to signify what happened in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-17. Which is the catching off of believers. The dead first and those that are alive to meet with the Lord. Let's read it. It's very important. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 to 17. So for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of archangel and with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise forth. So even those that are dead, we go to meet Jesus before us that are alive. Do you see that? Now, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them where? In the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And also in Matthew 24, 39b and 41 that we read. It said, two shall be in the feet. And one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal. One shall be taken and the other left. And when you read Luke, Luke said, two will be on a bed. <laughs> one will be taken and the other left. Now, who are the two that will be in the bed, on the bed? <laughs> Does that frighten you? <laughs> Does that frighten you? That two will be on the bed? <laughs> one taken, the other left. If God were to have two now, who should be taken? You are your wife or you are your husband? And that is why you need to prepare it. The race to heaven is individual. Don't you have because I'm going, I know brother so so so, I know sister so so so, I will make heaven. No, no, and no. Ah, because I'm married to a pastor, I will make heaven. No, no, and no. So if your wife is not making you to move closer to God, beg him to move closer, but don't let him drag you. If your son will make you to go to hell, <laughs> beg him, pray for him, but don't let him drag you. Because when he comes, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl will be accountable for how they spend their life. Will you be the one to be taken or your friend? Number two, how will he come? It is dead. I've given you little about this. In Hebrews 9, 27, the Bible says, And it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this judgment, every man must die, whether you like it or not. And the moment you die, what has happened? Your own Jesus' second coming has happened. Our two sisters that just left, whether you like it or not, their own Jesus has come. That is the truth. When will your home be? And please note this. Death has no respect for anointing. Paul will still be alive today. If it is anointing. Death has no respect for anointing. Lazarus died. Jesus rose him again. But after what happens? He's dead. Whether you like it or not, we all die. What is more important? Are you prepared? Death has no respect for age. My cousin that just died, the child died too. <laughs> Death has no respect for riches. It has no respect for PhD. 
death has no respect for anything. Elijah died. Moses died. So don't think, oh, I'm saying, saying this, so we should not be afraid of death. Because it's the quickest way to meet Jesus. But note that prayer and fasting, <laughs> death has no respect for it. That you are coming to church, the family you will not die. Hello? But what are we saying here? Are you prepared? Are you prepared? <laughs> because it can be any time. I've told God, if tomorrow I will backslide and go to heaven, and go to hell, please take me today. I have children, and I love them so much. But I love them to the point that I will not go to hell because of them. No. If God, if God keeps me in this world till tomorrow, and I will go to hell at the end. No, I want to go. When? Now. Because my eternity is more important than the one twenty years to spend in this world. And you lose your soul. Brethren, the truth is, it can be anytime, anybody, at any moment. But be encouraged that if it's not yet time for you to die, let the devil put knife on your throat. You will not die. Yeah, you are free. Say amen. It's good. Because I want to live to fulfill destiny. Jesus died at the age of what? <laughs> Why did Jesus stay up to 90? But he died at the age of 33 and a half. But to today, the effect of his life is still speaking. That is what matters. It is not how long, but how well. Let's take it. I've told you that when he comes, we will fly to him. To meet him in the cloud. What is the wing? What are the wings you need to fly? Hebrews 12, 14. Let's go there. What are the things you need to fly? What do you need to be equipped with so that you'll be able to fly and meet him in the cloud? Hebrews 12, 14. Say, follow peace with all men. Number one. Peace with who? All men. And holiness, in bracket put, with God. Follow peace with men. Holiness with God. With that which no man shall see the Lord. Week number one, you must be at peace with all men. <laughs> How many men? You are having grudges against somebody? You refuse to forgive? <laughs> when you refuse to forgive, what are you saying? Hell is very sweet for me. That's what you say? Say, follow peace with all men. Make your horizontal relationship God-like. That's what I say. And number two, holiness. How make your vertical relationship with God. How perfect. Those are the two wings you are going to fly. You say, oh me, I'm a child of God. But the way you treat your neighbor, you don't love them. See the two wings. You say, what is the greatest of the Lord? Say, thou shalt love who? The Lord thy God. That is what? Vertical. And you will love who? Your neighbor. That is the horizontal. Those are the two wings you are going to use to fly. To meet with him. Whether you are dead or you are alive. 
Are your wings functional and ready to fly? Are you keeping malice with somebody? And you say you're a child of God. If not because of that fellow, why not because of you? <laughs> you refuse to forgive? <laughs> you refuse to restitute your ways? You refuse to love your neighbor? You are still hating people. You have hatred, wrath against people. You are not ready for heaven. That is the truth. Say, follow peace. It is say, follow peace with those that, those that like you. Did you say that? Follow peace with those that are courteous. Those that will treat you very well. Follow peace with only people that are nice. Say, follow peace with anyone that is living and alive. Whether it's the devil or whether it's the wicked person, whether it's the, it's the robber, whoever. See, your mind must be clean with every man. Follow peace with all men and holiness with God, without which no man shall see the Lord. Ephesians 5.27, I've told you how to be holy with God. Matthew 2, 8. Say, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Hebrews 1, 9. Say, that because you have loved righteousness and hate iniquity. That's what it means. Now. Holy Spirit. How do you prepare? Let's go through that quickly. Our time is going. How do I prepare for his coming? How do I ensure that my wings are functional and ready to fly. I've told you this. The race is only about you. Not about you and your neighbor. Please, that consciousness should be in us. It's not about me. It's not about me and my wife. No. It's about you, about your wife, about your children, about your friend. Individually. Do you know that even if you are pregnant, <laughs> where rapture will happen, and you are living an ungodly life, what will happen to the baby in the womb? The baby in the womb will disappear. You can see how miserable the world will be on that day. <laughs> mm. Mm. You must be born again. Number one, preparation. So if you are here, you are not born again, and you are hearing this message, you are the category of people that one way or the other you know, but you are making no preparation at all. Today you come to Jesus when you have problem. When things are going, when the things are rosy, you run to the devil again. You are not born again. You must be born again. In John 3, 3 and 5, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see. And in verse 5, it says, he cannot enter. If you are not born again, you have not confessed your sin, you have not repented of your sin, you have not forsaken your sin, you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and your Savior, you are living your life anyhow, you are not prepared. It's not me. Who said it? The Bible. It is your God. He said you are not prepared for heaven if you are not born again. You still live your life the way you want and not the way he wants. So if you are here today, I'm going to call later. You know you are not born again. You know if Jesus Christ will come today, you are not ready. Please, when the time comes, 
don't let the devil deceive you again. That person you are looking at, that oh, you would say, ah, so this man will know I'm not born again. If he dies today or you die today, will he say, oh, 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 oh. No. You can't stop anybody that God has said is going to die. Look at King Ezekiah. Ezekiah said, God, I don't want to die now, please. And God said, okay, I will give you 15 years. After 15 years, what happened? He died. <laughs> and when you look at the story, I am not convinced that king went to heaven. Because he misbehaved in the 15 years. He misbehaved within the 15 years. So what's the essence of living 15 years and you still probably don't go to heaven? What is the essence? Number two, consider your ways. Carry out your personal assessment. This is very important for every one of us. Consider your past. How have you been living your life? Consider your present. Where are you now? And consider your future. What are your plans? Are you planning that, oh, the moment I leave Oman, I will just go back to the world? The day pastor does not come. I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> you plan it or you know your heart. Consider your past, your present, and your future. Examine yourself. Second Corinthians 13.5 Don't deceive yourself. Please, if there's anything you need to be sincere with, it is this. You can deceive me. You can deceive pastor. You can, you can paint a good picture. We see you active. We see you going up and down. People say, oh, this brother is godly. This brother is this, this. But can you deceive God? <laughs> oh, you cannot deceive God. He knows you in and out. In fact, he knows you more than you know yourself. So please don't, don't deceive yourself. You know who you are, how you are living your life. Is your life right with God? Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Make all necessary amendments in your life and family. When? Now. You have restitution to make, go and make it. If you fail to restitute your ways, you are not prepared for heaven. You have robbed someone of something. You have denied someone of something. You have lied against anybody. Go and restitute your ways. Make right every wrong you have done. You refuse to forgive. Don't assume the person has forgiven you. Call a meeting. I say, brother, please forgive me for the sake of Christ. Please. Don't as well have forgiven him. But within you, you know, <laughs> when you see that fellow, if he's coming this way, you turn your back. And you say you're ready for heaven. No. You are not. Please, brother, let's not deceive ourselves. It is only pride that will make you not to forgive your neighbor. That will make you have hatred against your neighbor. It's only pride. When you are proud, that is when you, you see yourself more important. A, a, a man of God was, one of my, my pastors was preaching. He said, can, God help me here. Can a, a, a driver be insulted by the boss? Is it possible? No, be sincere. You are the, one, you are the driver. And your boss, he says something that he said, can you be insulted? It is easy for the boss to be insulted by the driver. Say, oh, how can you do this? You are sacked. 
Because he has the power over him. So when you see, see yourself important, that is when you find it difficult to forgive. When you see yourself as having anything, and you not think God in you. <laughs> Jesus said, Jesus unboot himself seven times. He came to this world just for you to be prepared. But here are you, are you prepared? Take all necessary action, no matter the price you have to pay. Say, me, go to bed, that person? No. When you, do you know when the Christian will say, over my dead body? <laughs> and they die. Of course. Run from sin. Brethren, my time is going. If there's anything you need to do, please run from sin. Run away from sin. In James 2.10, So for whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one, what happened? He's guilty of all. You say, oh, it's, just, it's only one sin I commit. You are guilty of how many more? All. So any sin you know God has reminded you, you know this is sin, please run from it. Say, abstain from all appearance of evil. Be continuously ready like a soldier. And how do you do that? Every second, leave it with the consciousness that Jesus Christ can come or death can come. Every what? Before you do anything, be conscious of you. In fact, every day you should leave it as if before you, the night will come, Jesus will have come or death will have come. That is the truth. Not with fear, but with the confidence that, oh, if my Christ comes today, I will reign with him. When you sleep, before you wake up, say, God, if by tomorrow you come, please don't leave me behind. If before the time, five o'clock in the morning for me to wake up, if you come, Jesus, please don't leave me behind. And if that comes, please carry me with you. That is the life a child of God should live. Not a life of, you are doing this, you are afraid of death. You want, you want to enter a place. Oh, what if I die now? Oh, please pray, pray for me, pray for me. No. It's a life of not being prepared for Christ. Stop being lukewarm. Today you are up, tomorrow you are down. Jesus said, when you are lukewarm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pamper you. What will I do? I'll spill you out. In Revelation 3, 15 to 16, God is tired of people that run and go. They go to the devil, they come to God. They are using God to do what I call Kalo Kalo in Nigeria. Is it God, this one is right, this one is not right. And you think you can joke with God? You cannot joke with God. Let's rest up on our feet. Because of our time. I believe the Holy Spirit will speak the rest in your spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. You are here, you are not born again. Every eye is closed. We need to help one another. So that you have confidence to be ready. You know you are not born again. If Christ should come today, you are not sure that you will reign with him. Yes, you have given your life before, but you backslided. You are not sure if he comes now, you will go with him. I want to raise up your hand. I want to pray with you. It's not about anybody. It's about you. I've told you this. It's about you. That person you are looking at, why you are not raising your hand? If he died today, you are gone. He's gone. If it is you, it's God. You know you are not born again. You know you are not born again. Raise up your hand. I want to pray with you. 
And if you know you are born again, begin to cry for grace, not to fail God. Judas Iscariot failed him. Demas failed him. Demas backslided. And remember, until you endure to the hand, you are not yet free. You are faced with temptation every day. He said, if that thing cut his turn, should take heed, lest he fall. So for as long as you are alive, you can still fall. I want to pray with you if you want to give a life to Jesus. Why the rest of us, we are crying unto God for grace. The grace to endure to the hand. If you have raised up your hand for, for salvation, please raise up your hand again. Raise your hand, I want to pray with you. You know you are not born again. God bless you, God bless you for doing that. It is not about me, it is not about anybody, it is about you and your God. I want to pray with you. If you are still there, you are not born again. You are in this church, raise up your right hand, I want to pray with you. And begin to confess your sin, just pray to your God. Begin to say, Lord, I'm sorry for everything I've committed. I'm sorry for all the life I've lived that does not please you. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to live for you. I'm here to do your will. Please accept me as your Lord and personal Savior. Accept me as your son. I confess you as my Lord and personal Savior. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Lord, I want to thank you for your children. Thank you for speaking to them. Thank you for helping them to confess you as the Lord and personal Savior today. Lord, I pray write their names in the book of life. In the name of Jesus. When the roll shall be called, this one will make it in the name of Jesus. They are saved today. The grace to go through the progressive salvation. And to reach the ultimate salvation. Please give unto them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Lord, please help me. I don't want to go to hell. Everything you need to do in my life, every relationship you need to separate me from, every attitude, every behavior, I need to stop. For me to make heaven, Jesus help me. Cry unto him. He's the only one that can help you. You cannot even help yourself except he help you. The Lord help me. I don't want to go to hell. If you come before the end of today, I want to reign with you. And your death comes. I want to reign with you. Jesus, prepare me for your coming. Jesus, prepare me for your coming. Whatsoever it will take, help me to pay the price. Help me to pay the price to be fully prepared. In the name of Jesus, I don't want to die and find myself in hell. No. Jesus, I refuse to go to hell. I'm a candidate for heaven. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead and pray for your wife, for your children, that me and my household will make heaven. As for me and my household will make heaven. My wife will make heaven. My children will make heaven. My daughters will make heaven. My sons will make heaven. My wife, my husband will make heaven. Every member of my family, I will see them in heaven. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Before we close in prayer, I'm going to ask you a question. It's a very simple question. Is there anyone here who hasn't understood what the man of God just spoke? If there's anyone who hasn't understood what was just spoken from this pulpit, we can go through it again. That message was not a joke. Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 records God's first spoken word. Let there be light. 
Revelations 21 verse 20 records God's final spoken word. Surely I am coming quickly. Between let there be light and behold I am coming quickly. You and I exist. If we were in darkness, today is the day that light has dawned. If you aren't sure, for one reason or the other, where you're going to be the minute your eyes close, you still have time. You still have time. Turn with me one final time to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I shall close with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. Would this be our statement at that moment of death? The death that every one of us has to face. If there are two sure things, one is birth and the second is death. Can 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 8 be a statement that we can say confidently, 100%, we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. The minute you die, you will be absent from your body. Will you be able to be present with the Lord? If you can unreservedly say, yes, that's me. I have every confidence, that's me. You're good. Otherwise, please, brothers and sisters, it's time to reconsider our position. Are you ready? Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that you have asked us again. You have put, for, put it very clearly to us, Lord Father. Are we ready? Am I ready to meet you right now? Am I prepared to meet you right now? Father God, we thank you, Lord Father. Time and again we have seen, Lord Father, that you are such a loving God, that you are so mindful of our future, Lord. You are so concerned about where we are going to spend eternity. And Father God, today again you have told us, in absolutely clear words, that it is not the days that we spend on this earth that matter. It is not the treasures we accumulate on this earth that matter. It is not the qualifications that matter. It is not our beauty that matters. It is not our stature or our position that matters. What matters is where we are going to spend eternity. Do we know you? Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that you have spoken so clearly. And I thank you, Father God, for every person here who has that confidence to say, Yes! Because you have touched every one of us, Lord Father. But Father God, to those who are still not ready, those who are still not sure, those who still say there is still time, Father God, I pray, Lord, that you continue to show mercy on them, Lord. 
Father God, we pray, Lord Father God, that not one of us from here will be lost. Father God, hell was not made for us. You did not make hell for us, Lord. You have promised us mansions, and that is what we are looking forward to, Lord. Father God, you created hell for the devil. Let it be for him, Lord. Father God, we commit ourselves into your hands, Lord, and we thank you, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, that even as we continue to move on from here, Lord, your words will still be working in us, Lord. You will continue speaking to us, Lord. You will guide our way, Lord. Let us not fall away from the way that you've got for us, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, that nothing that we do will take us away from your presence, Lord. Father God, we commit ourselves into your hands. We thank you, Father God, for your servant who you have used this day, Lord. We thank you, Lord Father, for the word of wisdom that you gave him, Lord Father, and the way he brought it out so clearly to us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you shall continue to feed him with your word, Lord Father, that he will be able to bring us divine truth in days to come, Lord. Anoint him mightily, Lord Father, and use him for your kingdom expansion and for your glory, Lord Father. We thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we share the grace? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.